Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to have ideas so you can stretch every dollar you've got. Now, I want to talk about the meat shortages that are popping up around the country. And Wendy's, as an example, has had a problem at a bunch of their locations. I've seen estimates of a third of Wendy's locations to half of Wendy's locations have been running out of meat. And if you go way back in time, I think it was in the 90s, Wendy's had an ultra-successful ad campaign, Where's the Beef? Well, right now, that's a question Wendy's has to answer because there is a, a beef shortage in the United States. Kroger and Costco both have instituted strong limits on how much meat you can buy on a visit to the store to try to keep people from bulk buying, creating even worse shortages for others. At the same time, Kroger has announced that it is rolling out across its stores impossible meats, impossible burgers or something we've talked about on the show, and impossible burgers or something that's been sold at Burger King for a while is the Impossible Whopper. You pay a dollar more for it at Burger King. But now the meat substitutes, the ones made from plant food or whatever they are exactly, um, I can tell you that a lot of people find the taste very appealing. I actually prefer an Impossible Burger to regular red meat. So a lot of people, because of the shortage of real beef and the run-up in price of real beef, may actually find that meat substitutes, like from Beyond and Impossible and others, may actually be cost-equivalent or cheaper and will more likely be available. So if you've never been into this as a health thing, I'm not sure it's healthier, uh, it's not been something you've cared about, but you like the taste of meat, it really may be a time that you give it a try. It's not typically going to cost you more right now to try these substitutes. And you may find that you really like them and the supply issues are not as likely to be in the picture for these. And so I know that as I've had posts in the past, from traditional cattle farmers, this has been a very upsetting piece of conversation that I've had from time to time on the show. But what happens when there's shortages of anything or the price runs up of one particular item you like, people do product substitution. It's part of what we do as consumers, and it's always been. If you go to the produce section and strawberries suddenly are really boosted in price, and you see next to them that raspberries are a deal, or bananas, or whatever, you substitute. And we do this many times without even 
thinking about it consciously, we just see the price of one thing, and in turn, we buy something else. And I think we're going to see a lot of that in the coronavirus era. I was talking with a relative who, when it was really hard to get toilet paper, bought this really, uh, by his telling, absolutely horrendously terrible toilet paper so that they would have some in the house. And uh, his wife is not having it at all, is not adjusting to this. And I was telling him, hey, you know, toilet paper is much more available again. And I don't know, maybe that really crummy stuff just becomes your backup. But we adapt as people and what we choose to put on the table and what we eat, we will also adjust to that and find other things that we're comfortable eating. If the pork we like is not available, bacon's not available, let's say, ground beef isn't available, steak isn't available, whatever it is, we will find other things that we're comfortable and happy to consume. Uh, What we're doing here on the show is we're alternating asking your questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And producer Kim is up first. Clark, this one is from Anita in Georgia, and she says, thank you for all of your helpful advice over the years and for being a voice of positivity during this crisis. She goes on to say, my home and auto insurance are bundled, so I do save money and I'm very happy with my insurance company and agent. I get low mileage under 75 usually a year, and many other discounts. However, my work has hinted that they want to continue to work entirely remoteful now due to COVID. If that happens, I do want to keep my vehicle, but my miles will go down to under 1200 a year. If I drop the auto, I lose my bundle pricing for the home. Do you think that big carriers might offer pay-per-mile insurance as long as the mileage is verified? Yeah, there's already moves by several insurers to offer pay-by-the-mile insurance. And many of these are not traditional big companies. But I think that there's no question this is where the auto insurance industry is going, is pay-by-the-mile. It requires an invasion of your privacy because it has to be tracked closely. And if you think about going way back progressive insurance when they first started putting devices in people's vehicles voluntarily by those insured with progressive that track not just how many miles you drove but how you drove those miles what routes you were driving to be able to use big data to calculate true risk in your circumstance because you're bundled i don't recommend that you move to one of the companies that does pure pay-by-the-mile auto insurance because I wouldn't want you to lose the bundle. What I would have you do, though, is maintain your auto insurance coverage, but reduce the number of miles that you're insured for, and that should, in fact, lower your premium again. I would be shocked, though, if your driving actually drops to 100 miles a month, 1,200 miles a year. That is uh, less than nothing. Your insurer may think you're crazy, But if that really is how little you're going to drive, then you should tell them that's what you want to be covered for. They may want to monitor every so often, have you give them an odometer reading. And by the way, 
there are auto insurers now that have tie-ins with the auto manufacturers and every time a vehicle goes in for service the manufacturer's uh, service center tracks the mileage on the odometer and reports that to your auto insurer so if you're faking it on how much you're driving the insurer typically usually ends up knowing anyway joel Clark Joe in Wisconsin says, what effect do you think the pandemic will have on the delivery of broadband to rural areas? My school district has to send paper packets of work home every two weeks because approximately 30% of the students lack reliable internet or enough devices for all the children in the household. In many homes, the only options are expensive satellite internet or copper DSL. I'm expecting that in one of the coronavirus relief bills, there will be an infrastructure package that will pay for stringing internet, high-speed internet, to rural parts of the country. And know this, 70% of the U.S. Senate are members from sparsely populated areas. And so they have in the Senate, basically think of the Senate as a giant rural caucus. Senators are more aware of the problem with poor internet access in rural areas. And so I think you're going to see uh, a move to spend big federal dollars to wire up rural America. Even if I'm wrong, technology is going to solve this problem that coronavirus so clearly has exposed. And that is the new 5G wireless that... Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are putting up around the country is going to blanket cover rural America with internet like rural America has never seen at very affordable prices. And I'm not talking about 2027 or 2028. I'm talking about this year and next year we'll see a steady spread of rollout of good home internet over wireless that will actually trump anything that's been available from these satellite players that people hate for internet at least have hated so far kim nathan in arkansas says my wife and i are in our 50s we are both very fortunate as our jobs are stable and we have pensions our house is paid for and we end up with a little extra money each month I currently max out my 401k. I have a good emergency fund and no revolving debt. With the stock market in the downturn, would you advise increasing non-retirement contributions to our investments or paying down a mortgage on a second home that my in-laws are living? I hate debt and my instinct is telling me to pay down the home. What do you think? Well, you already are doing so much where you are putting money aside, you have rainy day money, you're maxing out your 401k, you're doing so many great things in your life. Being debt-free is really a valuable thing. And you have the second home with debt on it, even though mortgage debt is at such low interest rates. I'm totally with you to go ahead and extinguish that debt on that second home. As far as continuing to invest in stock type choices in your 401k please keep doing that as you contribute each pay period you are doing a uh, method that lowers the risk for you called dollar cost averaging you'll still have your stock market exposure at lower risk through that 401k 
and otherwise pay off that second home and know what it's like to live 100% completely debt-free. Joel? Clark David in Florida says, I have so many questions right now, and you seem so level-headed and well-informed, so I appreciate your advice. I'd like to know your opinion on future cruises. How will we know when they're safe and that the crew, passengers, and ports are all free of the virus so that we can actually go on a, a cruise? So going on cruises is one of those, and going to sports events, going to concerts, going to theater, either um, traditional movies or live theater, those activities will not be quote-unquote safe until we have an effective treatment for coronavirus that is widely accepted as an effective treatment that reduces the risk of death and reduces the risk of lifelong negative health consequences. So I'm hoping for that later this year. Vaccine, um, no matter the best efforts, it would be a miracle if there's a vaccine within a year from right now. It's possible, though. So I would say that until there's at least an effective treatment, it is not something that you could say, okay, it's safe now. We can go out. We can go to football. We can go to baseball. We can go to basketball. We can go to hockey. We can go to soccer or or, uh, go on a cruise or anything like that. It's really got to wait till we have a treatment we can trust. Kim? Michael in Alaska says, my bank and also my credit union are asking me to agree to forced arbitration if I ever was to file a dispute. I have an option to opt out. What would you do? I would opt out. I'm I'm so impressed that each are offering you the opportunity to opt out. And I remember when, uh, I think it was Chase, that ended the ability for people to sue them. People were given the right to opt out. And virtually no one got around to doing it. But it is a better decision for you to protect your constitutional rights by opting out. And this is, this is something that is standard business 101 is to deprive people of access to the courts. And I hate it. The Supreme Court has repeatedly ruled that it's okay for companies to take away your constitutional rights in this way. And you paying attention and saying you're not going to accept it is great. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Today's Clark Rave is something that really touches me. It's what is going on in schools where school administrators and teachers are going beyond what would be normal because this is such an abnormal time. So you may or may not have heard the story about the high school principal in Texas who has gone on a road trip to visit every single senior graduating. That must be a huge high school class because there's 612 high school seniors and going to visit all of them to let them know 
how great it is that they are graduating. The principal's name is Verdi Montgomery. Took 12 days, met with all 612, and said in a quote to a local TV station where this was in Texas, I got emotional real easy with my kids, and I just didn't feel like I was doing enough. It just seemed like the right thing to do. And I love this kind of spirit. I love the caring exhibited, but this principal isn't the only one doing things like this. There's a story on Good Morning America about a principal in North Carolina who surprised 220 graduating seniors with a visit. The principal's name, Tabari Wallace, went to visit all of them and congratulate them one by one in person. And this is such a great spirit because seniors have really missed one of those times in life that those of us all remember our high school graduation and principals trying to make it special one step at a time like this. I just absolutely love it. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You know, there's been something I shared with you, I think last week, about how a tremendous number of people are dying from heart attacks or strokes or other illnesses because they've been afraid to go to the hospital emergency room. And people who had survivable events by going untreated are not making it. And there are a huge number of people, because coronavirus is a much bigger risk to people who are later in life, people have been afraid to go for things that are urgent but not emergencies to the point that people's health is deteriorating And I just uh, was in a meeting Sunday where I heard shocking numbers about how many people are going to die of cancer in 2020 and 2021 who would not have died if they had sought treatment. In fact, there was a report that came out Monday from England about how many additional people had died beyond what normal uh, numbers would be from cancer in England already in just two months. It's in the many thousands because people are not going for doctor visits, for treatments that they need, uh, radiation, chemo, whatever medical protocol they're on, infusion therapies, because they're afraid if they go, they're going to get coronavirus and that's going to take them out. But the reality is the coronavirus thing is a possibility. The cancer you already have is a certainty. And so you have to weigh risk in life and having the treatments you need very important. Well, Humana, 
has seen the data, and Humana is a massive insurer for people who are on Medicare with supplement policies and also what are called Advantage plans. And they offer insurance under the Advantage plans for nearly 5 million people. Well, they've seen people just not flat out going to the doctor for anything, and they're worried that a lot of people are going to die as a result of that. So they are offering an incentive that doesn't help them at all, but they are offering to waive all copays. They're not offering, they're doing. For Medicare Advantage plans, all copays, coinsurance, and deductibles, if you go to an in network provider, are eliminated today through the end of the year. That is huge. And it just speaks to what's been going on with people being um, locked in place and for good reason people 65 and older have been heavily quarantining have been sheltering in place but you have to remember that your first responsibility the reason you're doing that is to protect your health and that's why make sure that if you need to see a doctor you need to go to an outpatient facility you need to go to the hospital you want to glove up and mask up and follow the protocols where you take a number of gloves with you so that as you go through areas opening doors and things like that you throw away those gloves and be prepared to have others on but know that ignoring your existing conditions your pre-existing conditions is really a recipe for disaster uh, we are answering your questions here that you post for me at clark.com slash ask and producer joel i think you have the next question yes sir uh, judy in california wrote in says about four years ago after listening to you tout the benefits of using a chromebook my husband and i bought a little computer for just over a hundred dollars we use it for all our banking and bill pay transactions, and we never use it for email or web surfing. It's been perfect for this purpose. But recently, we received a message that updates will end in June of 2020 for our Chromebook. So I want to keep all our banking info and passwords safe. What are our options aside from having to buy a new Chromebook? Well, you have a $100 doorstop there. And thank goodness you got four years out of a $100 Chromebook because what's happened is there's been changes underneath the hood with the newer chromebooks that now google supports the new ones for eight years but older ones are sunsetting in terms of having automatic updates so particularly in your case using a chromebook for financial purposes you do not want to use one that's not getting regular updates and so it would be a good decision not today because you don't have to have the new one till late june let this sit a while before you replace one and you may right now have to pay two hundred dollars for a new one for a 2020 model not a hundred like you paid before because they've been in shortage because schools so heavily have adopted chromebooks 
and Chromebooks have been an extreme short supply as students working from home have bought up like just about every new and used and refurbished Chromebook out there. School year is coming to an end. Chromebook supplies should restore, plus Chinese factories are cranking them out again. So give it several weeks, and then it would be smart for you to replace that Chromebook. As for Google early terminating one like you've got after just four years, that's really not cool, and it's great that the new ones will be supported for eight full years. Kim? Susan in Georgia says we have a daughter trying to complete a master's degree from a private school, and it's relatively expensive. We have ample money saved in money markets for our retirement. We have an equity line of credit on our house, which is paid for. And we also have some money in a basic savings account. We don't want her to start her life in debt, so we want to be able to pay for her education. Where would you recommend we take the money from? So you're in a great situation that you have the resources to support her education. So, Kim, review for me again the sources of funds available. That would be a home equity line of credit, a regular savings account, and then their retirement funds. Savings account. Definitely, if it's those three choices, take the money from savings. As a result, you'll deplete a significant portion of your rainy day money, but if necessary, you would be able later to tap that home equity line of credit if you faced an emergency. I would not want you to tap your retirement accounts. The tax you generate is really significant, tapping the retirement accounts. So given those three possibilities, the savings account that earns at best 1.5% would be my first best choice for you. And that's really cool that you are in a position and desire to have your child graduate with zero student loan debt. Joel? Clark Michael in Virginia says, we're considering a refinance. We got our original mortgage five years ago. It's a 30-year note at 3.75%. We have over $100,000 in equity now. And we found a local credit union with a rate of 2.99 on a 30. Is that the lowest available in, in the current climate? Should we refi for into like a 15-year loan instead? Or should we just keep the yes. current loan we have and pay down sooner? No. <laughs> the answer is yes, refi into a 15-year loan. The credit union offer on the 30-year is great, at, uh, a whisker under 3%. But if you go 15-year, you've already been in the loan a good while. I don't want you to go backwards back into a 30-year. The 15-year loans typically around the country for people with good credit are quoting somewhere around 2.75%. Although your credit union's being a very aggressive on the 30, they may offer you something even better than that 2.75 on the 15. You're going to shave years off the loan. The amount of your monthly payment will likely go up some amount from where it is. But if you can handle that additional amount, being debt-free quicker and at much lower total amount of interest being paid would be such a win for you. And anyone in a position where you could afford the payment on a 15-year loan on your mortgage, if you are, let's say, somewhere between 18 and 25 years on that 30, 
it would be a massive advantage to you refining into a 15-year loan at today's rates. Kim? Brian in Connecticut says, I'm a self-employed realtor and I just received notification that I was approved for about $14,000 in PPP funding. I'm trying to avoid spending it the wrong way and then having to pay it back. Is there any easy way for me to know how much will be forgiven? I don't really have a normal payroll. I pay myself since my income is up and down. There's no consistency. But the last thing I want is another monthly debt. I'm with you. So the PPP, the final regulations have not been written on the exact criteria for the forgiveness but as a general rule of that 14,000 you got to spend three quarters or more of it on your pay and so you with the amount that you have that's two and a half times what you averaged in what you paid yourself or made last year two and a half times monthly so you can take uh, pretty much most of that money and cover it in what you pay yourself for the next two months of the remainder um, you may have a little bit that would not be forgiven there are certain eligible expenses but you may have a small amount of the 14 could be somewhere uh, 3,000 4,000 that you'll have to pay back at 1% interest but most of that money you'll qualify for forgiveness even with the broad outlines of how it's going to work just know that you got to remember that that threshold 75% of the money has to be used to pay yourself and then whether uh, or more and then the remainder that it has to be for eligible categories which are rent mortgage utilities if you have a retirement plan for yourself that can count beyond what it would be for monthly salary and let me tell you as I promised last week as soon as what appear to be final regulations are issued for what qualifies you for forgiveness I'm going to give you an outline of it on the show and a write-up for you on Clark.com but for now, I can tell you in your case, most of that $14,000, you are going to be A-OK having for, have forgiven because the fourteen i am assuming, was computed based on 2.5 times typical monthly compensation to you in 2019. Joel? Clark Paula in Georgia says, how do I get a major cruise line to release a refund to me? I've called several times and they haven't given me an estimated date of when I can actually expect to receive a refund on a cruise that's been canceled. Did she say which cruise line? She did. She said it's Carnival Cruise Line. Okay. So Carnival got an indirect bailout from you and me as taxpayers because we're very generous. And the cruise lines have all been slow walking the refunds saying that it may take months because they're so short of cash. But in the case of Carnival, it's only going to be a matter of time, not if you receive the money, because Carnival now, with the indirect federal bailout, has enough money to ride out the coronavirus time period that cruises are shut down. And so 
I can't give you a, a strategy or procedure to get Carnival to pay you the refund quicker. The good news for you, though, is it's overwhelmingly likely you're going to get that money. If you have a question for me, go to clark.com slash ask and post your question. And producer Kim, who do you have a question from? This is from Philip. He's from South Carolina and he says, I bought a new house in January and I was thinking about purchasing solar, specifically the Tesla Powerwall for electricity. Does this make sense? It seems like the cost is about $18,000 and my return of investment, they say, would be about five years with me making a monthly payment of $80 a month. What do you think? Well, never believe any solar company's statements on how quickly solar will pay back. There's no doubt at how inexpensive solar has become that in most parts of the country and in sunny South Carolina very easily, the system will pay back. But don't just get a quote from Tesla. Uh, Many times on solar, Tesla is more expensive than others. And so getting quotes from other solar dealers will give you a sense about whether or not the price you're offered by Tesla is competitive in the market or more expensive. Now, the Tesla system you're talking about is one that involves having panels and then having the power walls in your garage, typically, that give you the greatest efficiency for your dollars with solar. Because if you don't have the battery backup where you store the solar on the batteries, a lot of state legislatures uh, in corrupt actions to help monopoly power companies have penalized people who have solar with very unfavorable formulas for compensation for the power you generate that goes onto the grid. With the power walls, you don't have to worry about that. You store your own excess power when the sun's really shining brightly. But other providers of cellar, cellular, uh, cellular of solar now also offer battery backup systems. So you could get a roughly equivalent quote from others, and I do that first. As to whether it would pay back, I'm a strong believer in solar, and I have a, a big solar installation at my house. It is a huge money saver for us. Joel? Bob in Alaska says, I've had an American Express card for 32 years. I got it in the late 80s when I was traveling around Europe, and its perks were helpful. But since then, it's been a card I rarely use. It's more of a backup card. They recently raised their annual fee to $150 a year. So at the same time, when other companies are reducing their rates. So how helpful is it to my credit score to have the second card that I always pay off? Would it make more financial sense to ditch it? It would make sense to do hopscotch, where you get another card first. Could be from American Express, if you like them. It could be the blue cash card that you pay no annual fee for or something like that. Or it could be from another issuer. You get the city double cash card that pays you 2% cash back. But another card would be really important for you to get before you dump the one you already have. The podcast normally would end here, but... Because of the unusual circumstances we're in, we have additional content that we recorded earlier today that I'd like you to have access to, and this will continue day by day as long as the events warrant. Wasn't that long ago that people who were uh, what are called net payers, people who charge 
on cards, particularly business owners who run every business expense they can through a credit card, we're all looking for travel rewards. Well, that's over. And so travel reward cards are in a bind, and a number of them are coming up with new rewards that have nothing to do with travel to try to get people to keep renewing them because they the travel cards can have very high annual fees. And suddenly, if people aren't interested in travel, how do you get people to renew? Well, American Express is rolling out new benefits on some of their travel cards that are nothing to do with travel. How you earn points and then how you redeem them, not necessarily having anything to do with going on an airplane or staying at a hotel or anything like that. And a number of the monoline cards that are tied into a particular airline, well, they have a tougher road to try to get people to be attracted to the cards and renew. And I found an interesting thing when I signed into my Credit Karma dashboard just a few days ago. Normally, it would give me, I think, three card recommendations each time I sign in and look at my credit scores. And they're all travel cards because I guess they know the computer system they use knows how much I historically have loved travel just as much as you know that about me. And all three recommendations were for cashback cards this time, with the top recommendation being the city double cash card. And it just shows how what we're interested in is changing. And I'm thinking, you know, double cash, that sounds like a really good idea right now. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.